0: On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, we celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Edmonton Trappers taking to the field for the very first time. Welcome to episode 128 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. It's been 40 years since Alberta baseball fans were first introduced to the Pacific Coast League. On April 14th, 1981, the Edmonton Trappers took to the field on the road against the Portland Beavers. Eight days later, April 22nd, the Trappers made their debut on home turf, taking on the Tacoma Tigers at Renfrew Park. It was quite the journey in making that all happen. Efforts to start a new professional baseball league in Western canada and bring a team to edmonton fell through as did hopes to bring a pioneer league team to the capital to face calgary lethbridge and medicine hat Edmonton's Mr. Baseball, Mel Kowalchuk, wouldn't take no for an answer and looked into the possibility of AAA coming to town. When an expansion team wasn't feasible, he looked at buying an existing franchise, bringing in Peter Pocklington to help finance a deal for the Ogden Athletics. After some back and forth, the deal happened, the team moved, and the rest, as they say, is history. If you head to albertadugoutstories.com right now, our new top story is a deep dive into the saga surrounding the Trappers and what it took to bring the team to the capital one of the people involved in making kowalchuk's dream a reality was longtime coach and scout or franchuk Orv, thanks so much for joining us my pleasure take us back to the 1970s you're all in on the edmonton baseball scene how did it come about that you became involved in trying to bring pro ball to town first off through either a new league or the pioneer league first
1: oh my memory i don't know if it goes quite that far back but i'll, I'll do the best i can uh you know over over this over those years in the early 70s a lot of a lot of a lot of people tried it to get me get me involved and bring in bringing professional baseball to Edmonton uh, Pioneer League wise Pacific Coast League wise um, it was just something that, that people felt would be a, a good fit that a lot of really really good baseball people in the, in the greater Edmonton area so um, you know that was kind of a natural uh the border, you know, was always an issue. Um customs and and, and and you know, all of that. But um and then and then Mel Mel approached me, um and I and I kind of deflected that. And then and finally Mel approached me and said, What do you think? And and uh you know, I gave him some contact information of people that I knew, loved. but really initially Mel did a lot of the uh, groundwork himself and uh you know he has he really needs full full credit for 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 bringing the 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 triple a baseball to edmonton because and then you know obviously peter being involved as finance the money guy and um mel just kind of threw the idea at him and and peter says yeah i'll you know i'll back you go ahead and go for it and mel did and um you know, and, and I, I, I a little bit of advice here and there once in a while. And I get a call from Mel once in a while. We talk about stuff, but he, he really was the guy, the force behind bringing, uh, bringing the Trappers to, to Edmonton. And uh, I mean, other than I was very involved and still very involved in coaching. And then when when the when the Trappers came to Edmonton um, as an affiliate with the Angels, um, I I became involved. Uh, with, with the AAA club because they needed guys who could throw batting practice and catch bullpens and just the, you know, the baseball knowledge that I had um, people in the organization kind of like that. And so they wanted me to get involved. And so I, they wanted me to scout Canada. They thought, well, yeah, he can, he can he, he can just go ahead and scout the whole country. I mean is, that's that's not that not that big a deal. Well, they didn't, they didn't realize how big Canada was. I don't think. But anyway, so I got involved in that, and then in the summers when I, I, was, I was teaching for the Edmonton Public School Board, in the summers uh, I would uh, coach one of their uh, short season A clubs, and uh, I got involved in doing that. First one was in Palm Springs, and then eventually Boise, Idaho, where we had our short season A club, and then and then eventually. Uh, and then during that whole time, I was still, you know, after school, I would hustle down to the ballpark and help the AAA club, the trappers, uh, do what they did and be involved that way. And so that's kind of how that started. Anyway, I'm kind of rambling here, Joe. That's kind of my initial thoughts uh, right off the top of my head.
0: When you think back on those initial conversations with Mel, did you think it was weird? Did you kind of call him crazy at first to think that hey, you know, we couldn't even get a, a rookie league team here? You're 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 swinging for the fences by trying to uh, to go after a triple A team.
1: Well, you know, I didn't really think it was crazy. I just thought it was something that you know, I heard, I had a lot of negative feedback from a lot of different uh, people in 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 major league baseball because of you know, Canadian the the border, the you know, being kind of far away from everyone else. And, and, you know, the logistics weren't really in a good in a good place. And so there was a lot of, and I, you know, and, and again, a lot of credit goes to Mel for saying, you know, I'm not going to give up on this thing. And the biggest thing, I guess the biggest thing kind of for me was, you know, we've got to have somebody that's willing to finance this thing. And uh, Peter, obviously, after talking to Mel and Mel selling him on, on his idea. It it, uh, it grew and, and and went, and was very successful for a lot of years.
0: I know in the initial stages, the original plan was maybe bring an expansion team in, and there was going to need to be a partner team to come in as well. It was Las Vegas, and Vegas was a couple of years away. So the PCL came back and said, uh, you know what? No, you guys are going to have to buy somebody out if you want this was there ever a moment where you went maybe this dream that mel has is over or did you get the sense that he was going to be a pit bull and was not going to take no for an answer
1: yeah no i he had the he was he was definitely not going to take no for an answer uh, then there were times where i go you know mel, i'm not sure that you don't want to continue with this with this process uh you know but he he he, did, he just didn't take no for an answer. He, he deserves all the credit for for what he did and who, how the trappers became an entity here and Eric there in the Edmonton area.
0: Do you remember if you were at that first home game?
1: Oh man, I don't remember. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, and I was involved in radio uh, with radio with Coach Al Coats and, and, okay. and TV. They had uh, the TV part too. So I was I was in, <laughs> I was teaching. I was throwing BP and doing stuff with, on the field with the ball club. And then and then uh, I would jump in the shower and, and jump up the booth with Al <laughs> Coates and, and do some, some uh, color commentating. So, yeah, it was a full circle for me. I did, I did a little bit of everything. It was fun, though. I really enjoyed it and loved those. Those were great years and great days uh, thinking back.
0: You have had quite the career in baseball. I'm curious, when you look back on it, what are you most proud of to this point?
1: Yeah, um, it, you know, I don't think I don't I don't think I think of it that way. I just think of every time I get a call or I see someone, it, it's uh, just kind of just kind of my my life. It's just part of uh, you know day, going from day to day. But uh, you know, there, there was there's and then every once in a while, somebody will say, "Oh, you remember this or you remember that or I remember this and." and <laughs> And you know, I, you it, it, you recall the the fun times or the the neat the neat situation that happened, and and so um, it's hard to explain, Joe. I you know, I I don't know how how to really explain all the the feeling that that uh, that I've gotten and and the the rewards that I've gotten in so many different ways and that so many people that I, I've met and I was with six ma- different major league organizations. And so, um, you know, I get, I get a, a lot of, um, I reach out, but I get a lot of people that reach out to me and sometimes it's just to say hi and how are you doing and Especially during the pan- pandemic, uh, the COVID thing it there was always, you know, I'm moving on age wise and people are all, always calling just to see how I'm doing and, you know, my family is. So, um, that's, that's a, that's rewarding. That's, that's a, makes you feel good.
0: A couple of final questions here for you. First off, when I mentioned the name Mel Kualchuk, what comes to mind for you?
1: Oh, um, I think that the, the terminology or the words that you mentioned earlier was, uh, uh just, uh, perseverance, just not, not giving up on his dream on his, on his, uh, the first time he came to me, it was all, I remember now, the first time he came, he worked he was working for the called a paper called I'm not sure if you're familiar. He was working for a paper called the Western Producer. Mm-hmm. And he was just kind of plugging away doing what he did, like selling advertising for them or something. Mm-hmm. And, and he didn't know me and I didn't know him and he got a hold of my number somehow and he called me and said, "Hey, I just thought I could you mind if we could sit down and talk about things i've got some ideas i want to run by you and i said no yeah let's yeah so we we, uh i think we had lunch together that day and he threw the idea out at me and i just just kind of went where is this coming from but um you know Mm -hmm. there there's how it started and i don't i don't want to take the credit at all because mel was the one that really initiated it and um I, i you know I supported it as as much as I could, and and uh, because I was going in sixteen different directions and had a family and family and a wife, and so <clears throat> it was kind of difficult for me to absorb at the beginning. But that's all I can say about that because he uh, he definitely pursued that and and perseverance. That would be the word that I could use. I guess one word, if you wanted it.
0: Mm-hmm. Final question for you here, and, and I ask this of everybody, but especially given that you've had such a prolific life in baseball, what does the game of baseball mean to you?
1: Well, I, uh, it was always, it, it means everything. It means it's how, um, it was a passion. It started living, in, born and raised on the farm in northern Alberta, wandering over Amesbury uh, till I was 12 years old. I had a, a brother that was uh, six years older than I was, and um, I just I just fell in love with the game because he exposed it to me. Uh, I was a bat boy for the for his senior team, and um, and, it, and I guess I was kind of good at good at it, and so that helped me be more interested, and so. Uh, and then I, and I went away to Florida when I was in high school to, to a couple of baseball schools, going from the farm to the friggin' Toronto to, to, to New York to Florida, on a, on a plane that I who know you know I mean that stuff was, that was unheard of back in those days. That was in the what year would that have been in the sixty early sixties? You know, and so it's always been just and I love watching. I now I would like I have a I have a. Uh, an app on my T V and on my phone that I, watch, I can watch every game and that's going on and I bounce around. And so I, I just I I I guess I, I second guess managers. I I I I uh and then, you know, now the 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 analytics stuff that's going on in the game and oh, I just I'm kinda happy that I'm not in the game anymore because it's to me it's it's the all, all the analytics that are going on is taken away from the actual game. And so, um, I, I just, the passion is, is you know, and I, and my second, first marriage ended after 24 years cause, cause of my passion, it was almost like baseball was number one and my family was number two. And then my second marriage, she, um, Susan said, you know, I'll support you any way I can. And she lets me do my thing and she does her thing with the grandkids and, and it's, uh, it continues I do I'm up here in Prescott Arizona as we speak right now I come up here every week Monday Tuesday Wednesday stay with the, the guy that owns the uh, baseball academy up here Rob Chris and I, I do lessons uh, for three days and it keeps me active it keeps me involved the parents are great the kids are great and um, and I it does does my heart good to do what I do I still have that passion
0: Wonderful to hear. Orv. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much for sharing the memories of the eighty one trappers and beyond. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: All right, Joe. Enjoyed it.
0: the original Trappers team included a number of players who had either already spent time in the majors or were going to in short order. The likes of Rod Allen, Jay Laviglio, and Reggie Patterson helped that team to a 62-74 record under manager Gordy Lund. One of the pitchers on the roster was Bill Atkinson. The former Montreal Expos hurler went 8-8 with a 5.48 ERA in 36 games including 16 starts. What made Atkinson unique is that he's Canadian. We talked about that with a Chatham, Ontario native, as well as his time with the Trappers. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. You're welcome. Take us back to 1981. You find yourself back in your home country playing for the brand new Edmonton Trappers. What was that like?
2: Well, it was it was good to be back in Canada, but, I mean, of course, from there, we had to fly to the States again and do whatever we did. And, of course, in 81, Hawaii had the San Diego Padres Mm -hmm. uh, AAA team. So we flew there. We were there for 14 days because you weren't going back again. So we played all that. We came back. And, of course, when I got back, my wife was there with my newborn son, who David was just born and just a baby. Mm. And uh, of course my wife went, oh my God, how come we couldn't go to Hawaii? I said, <laughs> well, you just had the baby. <laughs> you know, so I said, well, she goes, okay. So we had a lot of fun there. I, I bought a old Pinto that was... <laughs> pretty well falling apart. Mm -hmm. We had to push it half the time to get it started. (laughs) But everything was good. Even the wives, when they used it, they used to have to push it and get it started and, you know, pop the clutch and, rum 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 (laughs) rum. Then they come to the ballpark, boom, boom, boom. You know, because we go with another, one of their their husbands and another player and uh, it was crazy. But we had a lot of fun. It was a good city. I love Edmonton. Everything was fine there. It was, oh my God. The only thing I hated was one-way
0: streets. (laughs) (laughs) What was it like going to the ballpark in Edmonton at that time? Like I said, a brand new team. There's kind of a a new atmosphere around it from a player's perspective. was Was it pretty fun heading to the ballpark each day?
2: Well, it was fun heading to the ballpark, but it was a brand new ballpark. So they were still working on it. You know, Mm -hmm. we're down by the river. It was fantastic. I mean, the clubhouse was good. The stands were good. When my wife was there, I'd look out from the bullpen because I was mainly a reliever. I started every once in a while, but I was mainly a reliever. And I'm looking up (laughs) My wife's got the baby. Next thing I know, my baby is going through the stands. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> taking him through the stands. But it was fantastic. It had, the people were fantastic. They they were they were gorgeous. Uh if I had to I'd play there again.
0: You have any favorite memories of your time in Edmonton, whether be on the field or maybe even off?
2: Well the big part was <laughs> A lot of guys chewed back then, Mm -hmm. chewed tobacco. (laughs) And I told our clubhouse guy or trainer or whatever you want to call him to get a box of red man chewing tobacco. He said, what do you mean? I, I said a box with a lot of cases in it. He says, we can't get that across the border. I, and I just told him, I said, don't worry about it. I can get across it across because I'm a Canadian. He <laughs> says, oh, okay. So he ordered one. We brought one back. Customs went, what's this for? I said, for me. He said, what are you going to do with that? I said, I'm going to chew it. He goes, what's your prospect?" So I gave my my birth certificate and everything. He said, oh, you're Canadian. Okay. So away we went. We went from there. That was it. I so I brought the whole case in. Everybody dug in. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. We, we had a lot of fun.
0: Was it a little extra special for you being the Canadian, having the chance to spend a few years in your home country playing baseball?
2: Well, it is fantastic because, I mean, playing in Canada is one thing, but being a Canadian and doing it is another. And, I mean, I still have a, it's like a a jacket. It's like a, uh, I don't know what you would call it. It's like a sweat jacket or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some guy out there is a reporter, has got it. <laughs> huh. And it's got the expo symbol on it. So I, I don't know who has it because I can't remember the name. But he was a reporter. Mm-hmm. And he asked me about it. And I said, here.
0: <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Y- you had a 12-year pro baseball career, four in the bigs. When you look back on it, what are you most proud of? Just... You know, being a
2: little guy and making it to the big leagues, I, I think I I did okay. You know, I I'm, I'm only five foot nine. Mm-hmm. Today they won't even look at a five nine. And I threw uh, top speed probably ninety two, but I had a great curveball. And you know, being a Canadian you don't get many chances. Mm-hmm. Especially back then. And today, of course, everybody's all over the place in Canada. But back then, I think there was only what six or seven of us in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Today, there's what 30, 40? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. You know, what I mean, but I I grew up a kitty corner across the street from Fergie Jenkins. And Fergie and I used to talk all the time. And I told Fergie one day I was going to do the same thing he's doing. And Fergie looked at me like, yeah, okay. (laughs) And then when I signed with Montreal in 71, Fergie was the first guy to call me and congratulate me. And that meant
0: a lot. What was it about baseball that caught your attention? Because we, we even talk about it to this day. Canada is such a hockey and football-oriented country, and yet here you were growing up wanting to play baseball.
2: Well, I I, I played a lot of sports. I played hockey. I played football In everything. But I lost half an ankle in my left foot with a power lawnmower. Mm. The guys next door were playing football, and... They tossed the football and buckled my knees. And, of course, the only thing I had to hold of was a lawnmower. So when I went down, it pulled back and it sliced my ankle. My mother picked, I hobbled into the house. My mother picked me up, put me in the car. I got blood flying all over the place in the windshield. And she drove right down the middle of Queen Street in Chatham to the hospital, pulls up. Opens the door, grabs hold of me, and we got two cruisers following us, (laughs) and my mother goes, if you want to talk to me, you talk to me when I get him inside the house, because he is sore, he's hurt, and you're not going to touch me until I get him in the hospital. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, the one cop looked at my ankle, and he goes, he passed out.
0: (laughs) Jeez.
2: So... My mother goes, you want to talk to me now? (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) But my son comes first. So, but no, my mother taught me my curveball. She taught me a lot of things. She's a fantastic lady. And, you know, I'm just getting to be that age where I got to remember everything. (laughs)
0: if you know what I mean. Was she the one that taught you about the resilience? Because I I feel like if that were to happen to a kid nowadays, there'd be a whole lot of, oh, woe is me. And yet here you were just saying, okay, well, I guess I'll try something different. And and you managed to succeed in, in ways that many could never dream of.
2: Well, when I was younger, I had two coaches, one by the name of Royce Hyatt and the other by Jerry Beckett. And they told me, you're better than the rest of the players here. But do yourself a favor and do not get rabbit ears. And I don't know if you know what rabbit ears means, but don't listen to other people mm-hmm. when you're pitching or playing. So I, okay. So I never, you know, I could be in a stadium with 50 Fifty-five thousand people, and I don't even hear. Them. Hmm. That's that's the thing that developed in me, and that's probably why I got to where I was.
0: One of the things that I was reading an article that was based on you, and one of the things that it mentioned was how you were you were there to have fun, essentially. And this is re- going back to the Edmonton days, but even beyond Edmonton, when you look back on it. Sounds like you had a lot of fun playing the game.
2: Oh, yeah. I, baseball is baseball. I mean, I love playing it. I mean, when I, when I retired, I played in London for the majors. Then I come back home and played for the Diamonds for a few, I don't know, three or four years. Then I went to play law ball. Then my knees went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was the end of that, but... Uh, I went to umpiring, and uh, it's it's crazy, but you know baseball is baseball. You got if you if you love it, you got to do it. I mean, there's no ifs ands or buts about it.
0: Absolutely. Final question for you, and I ask this of all of our guests: What does the game of baseball mean to you?
2: Game of baseball means a hell of a lot to me because, excuse the language, but it means a lot to me because it made me grow. It made me become a human being and a father and a family man. And as far as everything goes, it built my house. I have a family, I have two vehicles, I owe nobody anything. I have money in the bank and I don't care. Mm And back then we didn't make much money. Today I talked to Doug Melvin a couple years ago in Saint Mary's and he says, You know today, Bill, you'd be making four and a half to five million a year. <laughs> Doug, don't even go there, man. Jesus beats. <laughs> I'll tell you I told him, I said, I come out, give me one million and I'll come out and blow my arm out for you. <laughs> He just chuckled he goes, yeah, but back then, nobody made any money. I, the biggest salary I ever made was 35000
0: Wow. So,
2: hmm. you know.
0: All for the love of the game.
2: Yep. Gotta keep working. I love playing it.
0: And we loved hearing your stories about playing it as well. Bill, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. You're welcome. Thanks again to both Orr Franchuk and Bill Atkinson for joining us this week to share their memories of the 1981 Edmonton Trappers and how they came to be. Again, for the full written story, go to albertadugoutstories.com. Until next time, thanks for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.